Lord God has given me the tongue of the land, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is near. He awakens me morning and morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the Lord. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. How many of you are single here? Can you all stand up? You're single? Please stand up, single people. Single, single people. Oh, yes. What? Wow. Wow. If you're married, don't stand up. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Hey, stand up, Elijah. You're single, you know? (laughs) That's my friend. Amen. It's so good to have all of you. Well, I just want to let you know how much we love you. (laughs) And we're praying for you. We need a point of contact. I'm not going to ask how many of these singles want to get married. (laughs) Where where is this sermon going? (laughs) But what we want to do is to pray. We want a, a vibrant singles group in our church. So uh, if you are a man, uh, we are ordering your wife to come in. Maybe she's already here, I don't know. And if you are a woman, we are asking and ordering God, from God to bring your husband. And some way you will find each other and smile at each other. And he's so wonderful to be at the Ark Fellowship. <laughs> oh, yes. To God joins you guys. Amen. Please be praying. Seriously now, pray for our young people. I mean, for our single people. We need God to touch their lives. We want to grow that ministry in our church so they can have a place in the house of God. Amen. It's wonderful to do that. We had our testimony of our healing on Wednesday. Uh, it was incredible. Uh, you want to tell us about it? Listen. Yes, come over here. We had a tumor that just disappeared. A tumor just disappeared. All they have is scar tissue. That's what I'm hearing. That's amazing. God's been doing a lot of healings here, and we want to give God. You got all the documents. It's wonderful. <laughs> We've been having a lot of those lately with all the documents. You want to share with us? When she was about three, she began having absent seizures, but we didn't really recognize them. Over the last two years, she started having convulsive-type seizures in her sleep within the first round, so she could not get a good night's sleep. So we've been going back and forth to the doctor, back and forth, MRI after MRI. Had one about two weeks ago. They finally called this week, and they sent over documentation that she had a cyst that they've been watching, and at one point they said, well, maybe one side of the brain is smaller than it should be. So it turns out where they originally saw the cyst that they've been secretly watching, it is now gone, and it's scar tissue. Amen. Thank you. God bless. Please help you. That's amazing. Amen. 
God has just been doing a lot here. We had a lady here. Some of us have heard that testimony uh, with a broken uh, vertebrae and twisted, and God straightened her up. Now she's about uh, two inches taller than she was before she started coming here. And God's just doing a lot of good documented things here in uh, with X-rays these days, and we're very grateful to what uh, to God for what He's doing at the ark. But today I want to talk about supernatural provision. Supernatural provision. God can take care of you. God can take care of you. All He's asking is for you to trust Him. We want to depend on our work. That's good. Do whatever you can. But I'm telling you, God says He will take care of you. God can take care of you. And He can take care of His work through you. God wants to take care of His work through you. God wants you to have money. That's not a bad word. You use it every day, okay? God wants you to have money. It's a part of life. It's not wrong to talk about it. It's spiritual. You can't truly be happy worshiping God if you don't have it. God wants you to have it. My job is to, build up what we're doing is to convince you that this thing is right. God wants you to have money to take care of your needs. And we have to be convinced about that so that God can give it to us. God will not force you to receive anything you don't want. Otherwise, you save the whole world. But until you desire it, He can't put it through you. There is nothing that God cannot do. So we want to share this, that God will provide for us supernaturally because of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about you, so don't think about He wants you to keep the chains and take care of yourself. But primarily, He wants you to support His work. We cannot do ministry without money. I'm going to Nigeria in October. There's several churches coming together. It's going to be a great meeting. They are very excited about what God's going to do. But it takes money. We, got to, we have to fly there. We have to live. We have to go into hotel rooms and all of that. He takes money to do the work of God. I know people will be saved. I know people will be healed. I know a lot of del- people will be delivered from demons and all of that. But we have to be there. And they are already excited about us coming. But we have to buy the plane tickets. Amen? That's money. So God wants you to have it. Let me share this scripture. Shared it last week. In Zechariah chapter 1 verse 17. It says, again proclaim. Saying. God says, shout it out. Proclaim. Saying. Thus says the Lord of hosts. That's the Lord of all the armies of heaven. That's what he's saying. My cities shall again spread out through what? Prosperity. My cities, the kingdom of God, is, will again spread out through prosperity. The kingdom of God needs the power of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God needs a person to share the gospel. But the kingdom of God also needs prosperity in the hands of God's children for the cities, the kingdom of God to be spread all over. He says, God will again comfort Zion. Comfort means we see these people coming into Christ. 
who died on the cross of Calvary for their sins. I remember when I first accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. Didn't have any understanding, but this guy kept coming to me, sharing with me about the gospel. He said, you can be just like me. And I saw him a holy man. I feared him because he was very different from the rest of us. Uh, He didn't drink. He didn't do all the crazy stuff that we were doing. And and then he was telling me, you're going to be changed. Just be like me. I said, no, I can't be like you. If I serve God, uh, what would I do for fun? (laughs) I I can't be singing glory to God like you do all the time. Uh, That's not me. But as soon as I found out, that there's more fun serving Christ through Him coming to share with me. And then I received Christ into my life and the joy that I've never seen. I mean, that thing was supernatural inside of me. And every time I thought about going back to my old life, that joy would diminish a little bit. And I said, no, 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 no. no. I don't want that. I want this joy staying. It, it, it was like I was drunk. Everything seemed new. It, the sky was really blue, bluer than every time before, before that time I got saved. Because I got saved, that joy was there. I knew I was going to heaven. It was clear. But I've got, if it were not for that fellow, there's no way I could have come to know God. But it, needs, it takes money for us to do that. Every time you are fully engaged, I wish the church will understand there's only one reason God leaves us, he's left us here, to bring people to him. I wish we would know that. Because as soon as we settle into that, you watch what God will be doing in your life and in our church and in all the churches. If we will settle into that. Jesus asked his disciples the question, in Luke 22, he asked them, verse 35, he asked the question. Because he had sent them out to preach the gospel. And then he prevented them from taking their money back. back. He didn't want them to take any money. He forced them to go without even a second quote. Just go. But then in verse 35 of Luke 22, he was asking them. He said to them, when I sent you without money bag, knapsack, and sandals. Did you lack anything? They said no. Nothing. Why was he saying this? When you go out to do God's work, there is no way you can lack anything. This was in Luke chapter 9 and chapter 10 when he sent them out. Now we are talking about Luke 22 before he was going to cross, to the cross. He was trying to remind them, don't forget this. If you spend your life preaching the gospel, you'll never lack anything. Did you lack anything? That's the purpose. If you become addicted towards giving to help the work of God, watch out for your family. God will make sure nothing stands in your way. You must be provided for. But when you forget the kingdom of God and you are only struggling for yourself, he knows this is a selfish person. You're not concerned about all that Jesus did on the cross. All the Father did with the blood 
divine blood, the blood of God pouring out. Now it's your turn to help God to get his work done. But you're more concerned about yourself. You shut the windows of heaven upon your life. So the message is to get our church to the place where God's so pleased with us. He's blessing your family and there is nothing holding us back from doing the work of God. Nothing. Abundantly supplied. That's what we're after. So the qualifying factor is a love of God, an undying love of God, and a desire to get, make any sacrifice that is required to send out the work of God. You know, a lot of people say things about um, Kenneth Copeland. You heard about Kenneth Copeland. Uh, but, you know, I didn't know too much about him. He's listening, but do you get to hear different things. And T.L. Osborne, minister, preached the gospel. A letter came from, from um, the president of an African country. They had just been through, through a difficult time. The country was down, poverty, all kinds of craziness. But this, the president of that country realized that man helped us those days. When he came, things changed for us when he preached the gospel. God blessed. And so they sent a letter to T.L. Osborne from Tulsa and said, Please, you come and preach the gospel. Our land is open for you. We will bring the presidential limousine to pick you up and all of that. Please come. And T.L. Osborne said, Oh, look, I just got back from a, a crusade. I don't have anything. There's no way I, could do, I can do this. It takes money to do this. I'm not going, I can't do this. And Kenneth Copeland heard about it, that the president of that country was pleading, we have nothing. country was down. They'd just been through wars or whatever. And, and there, there was no way. He said, you just come and preach to us. Help us. Please, minister of God, help us. The T.L. Osborne was just tall in his mind. How can I do this? I just... Every penny we have was spent in this other country. Now, look at this letter. Kenneth Copeland heard about it. You know what he did? Sent, he said, $100,000. You go get on the plane right now and get back there, he said. We want you to preach the gospel. How does God reply? He gives the guy planes. <laughs> he gives him planes. Because he is into preaching the gospel. Let, let nothing stop us. If it's the last $100,000 I have, I'm giving it out. That's what God wants us to have. A love for the, for the work of God. Once we have that desire to give to God's work, you watch out. You know, in Psalm 102, verse 13 and 14, listen to this scripture and, and please pay attention to what God is saying. So you can understand this. He says, he says this, you will, that's God. You got, God, you have no choice. You will arise. Why? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> you will arise and have mercy on Zion. Zion is, represents the church. God, you got no choice. You will arise. And have mercy on Zion. Now, the word mercy, every time you, heard, you hear the word mercy, is God doing something good for... You remember the guy who was blind? He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. When God, have, when God decides to have mercy on you, things are going to change. 
That's what he's saying. You will arise and have mercy. You will arise and have mercy on Zion, the church. For the time to favor her, yes, the set time has come. The time to favor her, yes, the set time has come. And I said on Wednesday, favor is the mother of fortune. Hello. Favor is the mother of fortune. When God decides to favor a man, your life's transformed. When God places his favor upon your life, you change. Everything is changed. He says, you will arise now and have mercy because the time to favor Zion has come. The set time has come. Why? For your servants, have, uh, your servants take pleasure in our stones. The stones of Zion, the work of the kingdom. The building of the kingdom. So God has no choice but to rise and to bless and favor the people of God and bless them with fortune because they now take pleasure in building the kingdom of God and show favor to her dust. Everything that concerns the kingdom, they are now turning towards God. Every time people of God decide we're going to be doing work for God, that's what God does. And somebody said, the problem is how to get Christians to ask God to change the way they think so that they can position themselves for God to put these things through you. He'll bless you, but to push these things through you. This is a spiritual thing. Poverty is spiritual. Poverty is spiritual. If it were not spiritual, the United States is the greatest nation ever. With so much wealth. You think that the United States will be able to solve the problem of poverty. With all the programs that they have. You can solve it. You cannot put program out, whatever you're doing, to solve a spiritual problem. It's not going to work. It's a spiritual thing. And if you want it healed... You got to go the spiritual way. My point is, if it's a problem, it's spiritual. Everything that you see came from the spirit realm. You have eyes because you know God has eyes. God has perfect eyes. He don't have to blink. He sees all the time. Don't need water to, you know, tears to water his eyes. No. He sees all the time. So everything that you see came from the spirit realm. The spirit realm is above the natural realm. And the spirit realm can dominate, take over the natural realm and change it. That's why Jesus walked on water. So if we want that poverty problem solved, we've got to go the spiritual way. Find out what spiritual things should I do and line up myself, position myself to get rid of poverty in my life. That's when we fast and pray. God, give me revelation. Show me. Open my eyes. Because just like my wife said, if he shuts, no one can close. I mean, no one can open. 
And if he opens, there's nobody who's going to show. So it has to mean, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by God's Spirit. And God can do it. And I started with this message by declaring to us that God said he has stored up the riches, the wealth of the wicked for the just. And I said God will transfer it to the, to the children of God for the work of the kingdom. That's why he's storing it, not for you us to buy some stuff in heaven. It's for here. But the children of God need to understand and know how to position themselves for the transfer. We need to do that. And so this morning, I've spent a lot of time. You're here, and this has been something that you, you, you know, you fighting. But start where you are. Uh-huh. Don't despise the days of small beginnings. But dream big. And start trusting God. Forget the past. Forget what's happened in the past. On the day that God gives you revelation, that's the day God wants you to start. If you start today in a very small way, but with your heart in it, and saying, God, it's because of you, I heard your word, and I'm going to obey your word by faith. I'm going to start walk this path. And God will put you in this path, and then he can change your life completely. God's able to do it. Is anything too hard for the Lord? So don't exempt yourself. Well, I wish I heard that and I understand that years ago. God doesn't matter. He lives in a straight time. He can start today. He can do in one year what you've been struggling to do in 50 years. One year. He can transform your life. It's called supernatural provision. But the key is faith in it. Faith in it so that you are willing for God to put this thing through you. You know, I'd like to share with you some of that area. Do you know that Solomon wasn't born with wisdom? I said it here before. Solomon wasn't born with wisdom. It was delivered to him one day. One night he received wisdom that changed everything. Transformed his life. Made him the richest man in the world. Probably up to date. One night. And the Bible says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God has no favorites. I like to hear that. Say it to me again. God has no favorites. That makes me a part of this. I can line myself up with this. Amen? God has no favorites. That's why just to be part of that kingdom, Jesus said this in Luke chapter, I mean Matthew chapter 6. Verse 31, Jesus said, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall I eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? After this, all these things, all these things, the Gentiles seek those that are don't serve, those, that, those who are not serving God. That's what they seek after. It says, For your heavenly Father knows. Your heavenly Father already knows that you need this thing. You need a house to live in. You need a car to drive. You need all of them. Your heavenly father knows. But what he wants is mind the things of the kingdom. Seek you first. Notice first. If there is a first, then there is a second, right? And there is third. But primarily, let the kingdom of God be number one. And then your family. Then your everything else. God says, if you make that kingdom 
you have a passion for the kingdom of God to grow, then all this other stuff, the second, the third, to the fifth, the third, all of it will come together because God will be walking through all of that. He rose from the head through the body. Amen? He is divine, and we are the branches. When we really connect to the vine, then the sap comes from the vine and beautifies the body. So we need to understand that. So how can we position ourselves for the transfer? How can we position ourselves for the transfer? I have six things that I'm going to start now, you know, in the message. Uh, not, tonight, not this morning. <laughs> but six things that I want to share with you. And I'll t- go through what, every one of them really. So if that's where you are. Young people, please pay attention. You have your future. You can start today. You have your future. So start building something inside of you that God will use in the future. I wish, you know, when I was younger, somebody was teaching me some of this stuff, even after I got saved. I really do. First thing is to grow in the knowledge of God concerning this matter. Grow in the knowledge of God concerning... That's the first step. Years ago, I, I wanted to know more about healing. And I spent a lot of time, I'll tell you, all of the healing ministers. I, went, I, just, I spent a lot of time studying that thing. And I remember one fellow asking me when I was, because I talked a lot. You can't study the word of God and be silent. You're always wanting to say something to somebody after you've gotten the revelation. And I remember I couldn't stop talking about healing and healing. And I asked this guy, but I never prayed with anybody. And he asked me, he said, uh, uh, good luck, you talk so much about this. And have you healed anybody? That was a total, that was a bust. I just like deflated. Uh, no, brother, no, no. I had to back away from it. I couldn't talk to him about healing anymore from that time because he knew I had nothing to show for it. But I decided he doesn't want to listen. I'll find some other person. So I went on talking about it. If he's around, I'm really quiet. But to other people that don't know about this question, I speak a lot about this. Even though I hadn't done anything about it, but I kept searching. And then one day, God showed me. I was with my wife, and I woke up this morning, and I told Angela, I said, Hey, it was in a dream. It's like this thing floats up to you, and then all of a sudden you understand it. And I said, Angela, I think I can open deaf, deaf ears and make the dumb to speak. Angela's like, because that was my good morning. I mean, I had no good morning. That was my good morning to her. And she's looking at me like, what have you been drinking? <laughs> Are you crazy? Because those were my first statements to her as we woke up in the morning. Ryan Oaks Drive. Before I went. And she says, after, after the shock word off, she says, you can't heal anybody. It's God that heals everybody. I said, oh yes, in my excitement. I said, yes, you're right. But, but, but I can do it. And I was in Nigeria when they brought up deaf and uh, I think it was totally deaf person to me. And they, 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 they singled me out because I prayed for everybody uh, in mass so nobody can see what's going on. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> and prayed for all of them to be healed and people were testifying being healed. But this totally deaf person, they singled me out. And they came to me loud with the mic. Uh, she's deaf. 
and we want you to pray. And the whole church is laughing. It's not funny. You're laughing, but it wasn't funny then. I'm telling you. It wasn't funny. And the whole church was quiet, and they were waiting to see what happened. And I was a little nervous. <laughs> Somebody said, do it afraid, right? And then I remembered what I told Angela. You know, I said it was a demon. Jesus said it was a demon. You deaf and dumb spirit, come out in Jesus' name. And so I, I decided this was good practice. So I put my fingers in her ear, both of them. And I said, you deaf and dumb spirit, come out. And I took my fingers out to give him some room to get out. And the whole church was quiet, wondering what was going to happen. And inside, I was having a little butterfly. So I okay. And then I went, and she said, and everybody went, ha, ha, wonderful. He's a healing minister. I said, who? Where is the healing minister? I was as nervous as you guys. But my point is, once you imbibe those words, and you got knowledge, before long, the Spirit takes over and begins to manifest His Word. And that's what I want our church to know. Let's gather knowledge in this area. That's for healing. But this is another area of God. He's so huge. He's so, such a great God. But I want to know more about this. And if you desire, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for what they shall be filled. I want this knowledge. That's what I need first. I need that knowledge because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we need that. Number two, I need to believe after I get the message. I need to believe the word. Number three, I need to be willing after you believed. You need to be willing. You see, God will not force you, force anything into your hand. He won't do it. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, it says, if you are willing... And obedient, you will eat of the good of the land. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. If you are willing and obedient, if you are willing and then you do what he says to do, what he prescribed to do, that's the obedient part, you eat the good. Simple as that. Based on the word of God. Amen. Can I hear an amen? amen. That's all it takes. Don't make it too complicated. I have made it too complicated, uh, but I'm repenting. Hello, don't people know pastor repents, right? All the time. <laughs> so we need to be willing. Number three, we, have, we need to have obedience of faith. Come out of the boat. Don't go test the water to see if you will hold your weight before you come out of the boat. You stay in the boat. Just jump out. Whatever he tells you to do, that's what Mary said. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Obedience of faith. Whether it makes sense or not, doesn't matter. I just go ahead and act on it. Then you see your water turned into wine. It seems like you are going to be embarrassed by it. But when you do it, when God has said to you, there is no embarrassment but glory. Did you see that? They will say, we just fetched the water and look. Because God said to do it. So we need to have obedience of faith. Number five, you need to think and speak. Only according to your faith, what you believe. Say nothing else but what you believe. And number six, don't know if I gave it to her, timing. Timing is very important. Because some, that's where Satan plays game with us. 
he, he, he messes with our mind. Because if it doesn't happen in our own thinking, at the time that we think it should happen, guess what? We get discouraged and we let go. And Jesus said, everyone who puts his hand on the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. So we must understand the value of timing so you don't give up too early. Wait for God. Wait patiently for our God. Amen. Wait patiently for our God. I'm saying this because I want God to bless the Ark Fellowship. Please don't exempt yourself. Be a part. Let's do this together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Join with me and in unity of faith. God will not only give us finances, he will make sure you're healthy, your children are healthy, they're doing well in school, no trouble, no arrest, nothing, they're not going out doing crazy stuff because we are focused in the work of the kingdom. That's my prayer for, the old, for our church. That's my prayer. That's why we're going to this, so that God will bless us. Amen? Get ready. Get ready for God to do something. It's a supernatural work, not something that you can do on our own. All heads bow this morning. The first step in this prosperity, and we'll be talking more about it, that comes from God is the step to make Christ who he is supposed to be in your life. Don't follow what everybody else is doing. When you were born, you came to the earth by yourself. So make a decision on your own with regards to God by yourself. Don't care about anybody else but you and the God who brought you into this world. You need to make a decision. You see, Jesus has been waiting for so long to come into your life and to be a part of your life. You've been keeping him outside your life. And that's not good. Today, you are going to make that decision to say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want you involved in my life. I want you to come in. That's what you're going to do today. So at the count of three, you want Jesus, or you made Jesus Lord before, but you are not walking with him. You kind of shut him out, but now you want him to be a part, fully part of your life. If that's you, at the count of three, I need you to raise your hand. All eyes closed, all heads bowed, please. I need you to raise your hand, and God will see your hand. The angels will see that, and it will be recorded in heaven that on this very day, you heard the word, and you obeyed. At the count of three, please raise your hand. One, two, three, raise your hand. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I need you to, I need all of us to say this prayer before our God today. And you know Jesus is here. You can't see him, but he's so here. So present here with us. And uh, as you raise your hand, he's a spirit being. He was standing by you because what you're doing is welcoming him. You're welcoming him into your life. And this is a new day. Say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son 
Jesus Christ into the world for me. Today, by the power of your name, I receive the Lord Jesus into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. Lord Jesus, welcome into my heart. Welcome into my life. Help me to serve you with all of my heart, with all of my mind, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.